Good evening, guys. This is Lilac Boots. Hi, this is Nuge. And this is episode five of Untitled Podcast. <laughs> I love that we're still sticking with this because it's going to be the name at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, first, I wanted to mention that I'm going to be starting off with the uh, general news. Um, so first thing uh, was... Uh, Star Twitch streamer Turner Tifu Tenny announced that he was a victim of a robbery following the $500,000 Fortnite NFL Streamer Bowl charity event that the former FaZe Clan member had competed in. <laughs> Damn, robbed instantly after winning. That's that's literally just straight robbery. I don't think he won the tournament. I think he... Did he okay, that... He just got robbed. He doesn't oh, okay. say that he won. He participated in the tournament got robbed. That, yeah. That's even worse. Because <laughs> um, it's like, you didn't, it's like, this is a net negative because, like, at least if he won, that's a net positive in cash. And then true. losing that cash yeah. puts you back at neutral, assumingly they only took the cash. But, like, if he didn't even win any money, he's going from net neutral to net negative even further. Yeah, I mean, what was a charity tournament? So it's even more. Uh, okay, that, once okay. You okay so it. he wasn't even supposed to keep any of that money anyway. So yeah, so yeah, that's this is overall just bad. <laughs> so Tifu was in Miami, Florida this week to participate in Twitch Rivals star-studded charity tournament featuring some of the world's biggest Fortnite content creators and pro football players in the lead up to Super Bowl Fifty Four, which was great, by the way. Mm. Um, in the early hours of January thirty first. Approximately seven hours after the competition had wrapped up, he tweeted out that he had gotten robbed, although not mentioning any additional details about the incident. That's his tweet right there. I just got robbed. (laughs) You know, pretty direct. (laughs) Um, A lot of support and concern poured poured in from all corners of the Fortnite community in response to to the tweet. And it wasn't until nearly eight hours later that Tifu finally provided another update. He revealed that the perpetrator stole his Royal Oak AP Arabic dial watch, which he provided a picture of in a post on his Instagram story. I don't know, I don't know shit about watches, but watches are expensive. Yeah. Don't 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 steal people's watches. That's expensive. Uh, while it's not known exactly how much Tifu's watch was worth, similar Audemars Piguet men's Royal Oak 41mm steel versus Arabic dial. Diamond watches usually go for tens of thousands of dollars, even as much as $40,000 for the 33 carat on the Chrono 24 watch website. Guys, don't steal. <laughs> Just don't steal. Come on. Shortly after this Instagram post, the Fortnite superstar provided another update on Twitter, this time letting everyone know he was all right and that the only damage done was the loss of his watch. Okay. Yeah, it just sucks that he got robbed uh, yeah, during yeah. the Super Bowl. I mean, but it's it's it took place in Miami. There's a million extra people there. I mean, you gotta hold on to your stuff. <laughs> and that's one way to go about it. <laughs> uh, so the Twitch star was named Tournament MVP for stellar performances throughout the competition, oh. which helped the duo earn 16 eliminations and an average placement of 7.25. 16 elimination altogether. Okay. Um. Yeah. So. Sure. His partner was the Arizona Cardinals quarterback, Kyler Murray. Uh, they took second place at the Twitch Rivals Streamer Bowl on January 30th, winning $80,000 for charity. Oh, okay. Congratulations. Yes. But boo on the on the robbery. Yeah. Oh, boy. And something that I may have to rant about because I'm, I'm really sick of this crap. <laughs> I just really am. Please, let your <clears throat> heart out. Jenna. <laughs> Jenna. Reveals she might quit Twitch and first stream since racism scandal. Now, controversial Twitch streamer Jenna has revealed she's considering changing platforms due to the website's decision to departner and shadow ban her after a series of her racist and homophobic messages came to light last month. The 20 year old Canadian meaning she's a grown-ass woman, has been embroiled in controversy over the past few weeks after racist and homophobic messages sent on her private Discord server were made public on Reddit streaming forum. Mm. Live stream fall, fails. Damn. Yeah, live stream fails. Can I just say she's really stupid for that because Reddit exposes everyone. Now. Of course, Reddit is Reddit. Is Reddit. <sighs> okay, while, while Jenna apologized for the messages, 
some of which dated back to 2016 and as recently as December 2019 and said she was trying to better herself, Twitch still stripped her of her precious partnership with the platform. Well, damn. Despite losing the Twitch partnership, Jenna went live on February 2nd, which was only four days ago. Yes, it's February 6th, so four days ago. For the first time since the scandal initially broke. When she discovered she may have been shadow banned, however, she admitted she may change platforms. And I quote, Am I shadow banned, actually? I don't know how that works. I was asking about it, but no one got back to me. I don't understand how that works. She said after one of her fans in chat told her she wasn't appearing on any Twitch directories. I quote, If I'm shadow banned, then I'm going to have to switch platforms. You search my name and it doesn't show. There's no reason to stream on Twitch because I can't grow if my followers can't see if I'm streaming. I'm basically Mitch Jones. Bitch? No. All right. Uh, hmm. The controversial 20-year-old added she felt the punishment from Twitch felt a little unfair, especially after she apologized and owned up to everything in her series of messages on Twitter in the past few weeks. And I quote, I sat there and cried while I was writing it. She said of the initial apology. I admitted what I did was wrong. I don't know what else I can do. I want to show with my future actions. I'm not like that. I haven't been like that for a while. Bitch, that was a couple of months ago. What are you talking about? For a while. How long ago was December 2019? You can count, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's a a full month. I haven't been like that for a while. I haven't been like that for a while. That's a full month. Bitch, that was eight weeks ago. What are you talking about? (laughs) Jesus Christ. Leaving Twitch would certainly be a bold call for the Canadian. According to Twitch Tracker, Jenna boasts more than 263,000 followers on Amazon's site, meaning she may be having a huge, excuse me, may be leaving a huge fan base behind if she platform hops. While some of her fans likely transcend Twitch itself, she has just over 229,000 fans following her on Instagram at the moment. It could be a gamble if all of them follow her to other streaming options like Mixer or YouTube. Good luck. Mm. There may be some other options too, however. One of Jenna's fans suggested she was shadow banned because she had too many viewers too fast. What the fuck? <sighs> Twitch is a weird place. For someone <laughs> who hasn't partnered, meaning Twitch auto-flagged it for botting. Okay. Okay, that I guess that could be possible. I don't know too much about the inner workings of Twitch. But, well, yeah, but, Twitch is petty, but, but it's like, come on, bro. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's probably from the other statements. <clears throat> Be nice to people, people. Come on. Just be nice. While there has been no confirmation that's the reason she initially vanished from the website's directories, if that is the case, Jenna may be able to prove to Twitch she has reformed and re-earn her place in partnership on the site. They better not. Mm. They better not. She did also confirm she wouldn't be attending TwitchCon. Oh, you better not. As initially (laughs) planned to. Admitting she was basically a pariah after everything that had come to light and wouldn't be able to secure sponsorships, attend any brand parties, or get anything out of going to the event. Now, only time will tell if she will remain on Twitch, though the 15,000 unique viewers who tuned in across her two-and-a-half-hour return stream shows she certainly still has a fan base that will support her despite the huge controversy. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. I just, I mean, like, it's just, of course you're a pariah. Like, of course you're a pariah. Okay. Like, what did you think was going to happen? <laughs> this is what I, like, I just can't. Like, I don't understand why people do things and think that they just, it's just nothing's going to happen. Action has consequences. Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. Next article. Sick of this bitch. All right. <laughs> anyway, uh, on to bigger and better news. It is the 20th anniversary for the Sims franchise. I am so happy. Oh, oh, it is. It is the 20th anniversary. I've been playing for 20 years. I mean, I'm old enough to have been playing for 20 years, but I haven't. <laughs> I've only been playing, I want to say, take off maybe like three years. So 16, 17 years I've been playing the Sims. That's uh, crazy. How old were you when you started playing? <sighs> 11. 11 or 12. Yeah, about five, six years, and that's when I started. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, so because of their anniversary, 
Um, the Sims 4 celebrates 20th birthday with the return of the hot tub. So if you're a big Sims fan like I am, you know that that's one of the iconic items from the franchise. Um, beginning from the very first game all the way up until, I want to say, actually the most recent game, they emphasize on the um, hot tubs a lot. They didn't really do it this much for The Sims 4, but 1 through 3, they definitely, like, that was the thing. Like, if you have money, you got the hot tub, okay? (laughs) I wouldn't know. I cheated the entire time. (laughs) So, um, if you are a PlayStation Plus member, you'll get free access to The Sims 4 for the entire month. So if you haven't jumped in and created an idealized version of yourself, now's the time to do it. EA has also released a hilarious infographic detailing some of the game's highlights from the last two decades. And frankly, I'm disappointed at the number of woohoos. So here's some of the facts they pointed out. Okay. Um, Hit me. Over 1.6 billion Sims have been created. One point. We're almost have reached the Earth's population. (laughs) Um, those Sims have engaged in 1.3 billion woohoos. Oh. See? Could have been higher. Uh, mm, <laughs> mm. There have been 575 million Sim households, 37 million Sim weddings, and 173,000 Sim toddlers. I see we're practicing safe Sim sex. Either that or people just don't like baby characters. <laughs> <laughs> True. Also, um, that's also possibly because in the when The Sims Four, I believe, was released, they didn't have the toddler uh, age. Uh, okay. Yeah, they didn't have the toddler age. Like if you had a baby, it went straight to child, and then everyone's passing it. Hey, what, what do you mean? You skip that step? It's so easy. Um, players spent over sixty-five million hours in the gallery. Um, I will admit that I actually never t- even bothered like looking at the gallery until maybe like The Sims 4 was created and I decided to do like a whole bunch of extra stuff. And then that's when I decided to finally like look at the gallery and I was like, oh, this will make my life easier. The gallery being the community thing, right? Yeah, so like where everyone creates their own stuff and right. then puts it okay. up so people yeah, can download I, I have, it. I haven't played Sims in so long. <laughs> yeah. Um, there were two... Wow, that's a typo. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna don't, exaggerate don't, this. Don't call him out on the typo. Oh, I didn't say who made the article, <laughs> so I'm gonna leave that alone. There were 217,000 aliens, one million mermaids, and 6.9 million vampires, which is frankly a great gauge for Simmer's personal interest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure I know where people's interests lied. Um. If you're looking to celebrate 20 years of unexpected pool drownings and tragic cooking accidents in real life, check out the Threadless Sims 20th Birthday Collection. Hey, remember the time old man me cooked and died? <laughs> no, I don't remember that. You made a household of all of us and I asked to be Foxy Grandpa. Oh and, my God. And I fucking started cooking <laughs> on the second session. Oh my God. And I died. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely your personality because I made sure to get everyone's zodiac sign like so, just exactly as it was in real well, life. So you did that to yourself. Too. I guess old me is gonna die young. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. So um, yeah, it's been twenty years, and I am totally excited for what the future of The Sims will look like. Um, I'm still a fan. I like to go back um from time to time, and yeah, I just uh, part of I'm me kind of wants to go back to Sims One now. You know um. The famous uh, Twitch streamer Plum Bella. No. Okay, so she's famous for um, like streaming like Sims games. Right. She actually went back to this. She started going back to the Sims One oh. uh, franchise. So if you want to check out, check oh. it out cool. go on her Twitch page um, and follow her on Twitch, and you can see um, what Sims One looks like if you don't feel like buying it, or um, just to see the, all the shenanigans and all the weird ways <laughs> the Sims used to look like before they looked more more human. Right, 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 right. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Um, okay. Also, the uh, IGN they released the first ten minutes of gameplay for Doom Eternal. Oh yeah! And I must say, it looks fucking sick. <laughs> stomp them all of them. Shoot oh my them, god! Shoot them, stomp them, cut them. I have Slay never them. played any of the Doom games, but I'm telling you right now, March twentieth, <laughs> I will be buying that game. That game looks fucking great. Okay. It looks. It just looks great. I totally incensed. I saw the trailer. I like um how I like how the font looks. First of all, I like how the game looks in general. Um, 
it's basically, you know, a first-person shooter. I haven't played one in a, in a while. Um, last one I played was Wolfenstein 2, um, which I'm a fan of the Wolfenstein series. Yeah, Nazis. <laughs> so, so I love that game. And when I saw the trailer for Doom, I was just like, instead of Nazis, it's aliens this time. Aliens. <laughs> so I was just like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta get this game. So yeah, um, I definitely think that that is something that you should get or try if you haven't played the Doom games before. Have you played any of the Doom games? Yeah, I played the original. You did uh, a couple, a couple of them. Didn't play them very long because I borrowed most of them. Okay, uh, but I did play the original Doom. Boy, oh, oh boy, I, I was a naive kid. I didn't know how to play sh- sh- games at all. <laughs> okay, um, so Steam broke its record player count yep. by nearly three hundred thousand. Uh, according to PCGamer.com, the previous record of 18.5 million was about two years ago. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> so Steam's concurrent user count passed 18.8 million earlier, uh, let's see, about four days ago, peaking at 18,801,944, according to tracker Steam DB. The previous record was 18.5 million just about two years ago on January 6th, 2018. As noted by SteamDB, this concurrent user record did not coincide with a record number of players in-game, with only 5.8 million today against 7 million two years ago, about 1.2 million fewer. The previous record was boosted by the huge number of players in PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds. Yeah. It's not known what caused the current peak, though the time of the peak coincides with peak playtimes for all of Steam's top games. <laughs> of course. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 2019 was a banner year for Steam with several big changes to the client and the interface. Steam has experienced massive growth in the past decade with a consistent uptick in the Chinese market, making Chinese Steam's new most popular language. I'm not surprised. (laughs) It's as if China is the biggest entertainment business marketing uh, target audience. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Valve seeks to bring Steam to more platforms, including Chromebooks. (coughs) What? Yeah. And mobile with Dota Underlords and Remote Play. Oh, okay. That's what they did. Okay. The draw of the platform is such that EA Games, who pulled their games from Steam in favor of their own origin platform, are coming back. Oh. (laughs) You come running back to us. (laughs) All of this is despite competitors' attempts to take some market share from Steam. If you're not familiar with the 15-year history of Steam, might I recommend this feature? I might and I shall. And the feature is... Let's see. This link is like crazy. Nothing? No? Nope. No? All right, time to skip. (laughs) Thanks, Steam. Yeah, well. Congratulations, Steam. That's too bad. Why did this come up? That's such a weird... Wow. Don't worry about it. Yeah. All right. Next. Oh, I wanted to talk about a trailer that I saw earlier that I told you about that I texted you about, and I'm excited because it looks Sick. great, and it looks like a certain game that we love called Overcooked. The game is called Moving Out. So do I Do I yell at you for not bringing the boxes into the damn van? Possible. Yay. It's possible. I hadn't even watched the trailer yet, but uh, damn. <laughs> it, looks like, it looks like Overcooked. It looks like Overcooked with um, like a time management game. Sick. Basically. I get to complain even more now. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see, like, a clock running down, even though that's basically um, what happens in Overcooked. Right. But, yeah, um, that game just looks like something that I would totally get addicted to. Um, Trying to find where the release date was. I can't find it, but I'm pretty sure in the trailer, um, you can watch the trailer. It's on YouTube. I think the release date was March... No, sorry. I believe it was April 20th. April 20th, if I'm not mistaken. Why April gotta do me like this? There's so many <laughs> games in April I want to get. At the end of March, too. There's mad games at the end of March. Yeah, because like the game, the games from March lead into April. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But um, yeah, I would totally, totally, if you love Overcooked, I would definitely um go look up um look at the trailer. 
and see it. It looks exciting. I definitely want to play. It has the same like quirky characters. You can see the characters moving stuff out of apartments, moving stuff into the truck, um, <laughs> moving things oh. down the stairs. <laughs> I oh. know that's going to be a problem. Oh, no. <laughs> I can totally see that being a problem. Oh, no. <laughs> Someone that's moved a lot like me, that's definitely, that's, that's, yeah. Oh, no. That's going to be a thing. <laughs> oh, no. I can feel it. <laughs> I can feel it. I can feel it. <laughs> All right. Um, next is me go with. Let's see. Oh, so Pokemon Day. Pokemon. Pokemon Day this year is February. Wow, my hair on is bad. February um 27th. Yeah. It's February 27th. Um, they also announced that um, prior to that, on the 7th, um, they're releasing a new Gigantamax uh, form for a Pokemon named Toxtricity. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. Cool. <laughs> Pokemon looks pretty good, if it's the one I'm remembering. <laughs> I, I haven't touched Pokemon Sword in a minute. Okay, yeah. It's the, um, okay, no, I see it. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. coming to Sword yeah. and Shield. It is the cool one. Okay. Um, they announced this yesterday. Um, it'll be available to find in Max Raid Battles beginning tonight, or today rather. Uh, and the Max Raid event will end uh, March 8th. Okay. <laughs> Probably going to forget. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like I said, Pokemon Day... Um, this year is on February 27th. The Pokemon Company has a whole slew of events planned, including the announcement of a new mythical Pokemon like we don't have enough. Uh, remember when legendary Pokemon were actually legendary? <laughs> right? Me? No. Oh, yeah, you're right. I'm just insane. <laughs> the new mythical Pokemon will eventually be added to Sword and Shield, as well as star in an upcoming Pokemon animated film. Like, we didn't know that already. Fair enough. I actually like the... Uh, I really like the films. <laughs> I, I think really I stopped do. at... Four. Pokemon Forever? I think that was the last one that I watched. <laughs> Funny enough, Forever. It was like, I didn't watch that till so much later. <laughs> I don't know why. I watched the first three movies. Uh-huh. I skipped Forever and watched a bunch of the movies... <laughs> Like, up to, like, Diamond and Pearl, and then went back to watch Forever, like, years later. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, um... Which yeah. is strange, because I love Suicune and Celebi, so... Yeah, I got, well, they were in... Yeah, they were in Forever, and I didn't watch it. They were in the third one, too. Oh, no, they weren't. You said Suicune and who else? And Celebi. Well, Celebi was in, but Suicune was in the third one. No, it was Entei. And Suicune was there too. I don't remember. <laughs> Entei was the main was the main thing. So right, it but Suicune matter. was like hopping across the water. Yeah, and fuck shit. him. <laughs> that. It's Entei's story. <laughs> he was there though. Okay. Yeah, shut up, no. <laughs> All right. Um, next is um, bit of a bit sad news. Um, Rockstar Games co-founder and GTA creative leader Dan Hauser is leaving the studio. Oh, damn. Uh, his brother Sam Hauser is still set to remain with the company. Uh, Dan Hauser is leaving Rockstar, departing the studio after what after what parent company Take Two described as an extended break that began back in spring of 2019. The former vice president of creative at Rock. Star Games will put in his last day with the company on March 11th. Aww. Thanks uh, for your work. Is he still <laughs> going to be in the gaming business, though? Yes. Okay. Um, Dan Hauser is one half of the Hauser Brothers, a right. pair of game developers who have led many of Rockstar's creative efforts since Grand Theft Auto 3. Woo-hoo! Oh. They frequently worked alongside producer and former Rockstar North President Leslie Benzies, who left Rockstar back in 2016. Benzies... Parting with Rockstar included a lawsuit over allegedly unpaid royalties, but there's no indication so long. <laughs> there's no. That happens so often in the gaming industry. <laughs> there's no indication so far that Dan Hauser is leaving on negative terms with the company. Okay. Yeah. With Dan Hauser on his way out, that will leave Sam Hauser as the last well known leader to oversee Rockstar's ascent from relative obscurity to one of the most successful companies in games. Um, here's the official statement from Take-Two as conveyed in a report to the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. Hmm. 
After an extended break beginning in the spring of 2019, Dan Hauser, Vice President Creative at Rockstar Games, will be leaving the company. Dan Hauser's last day will be March 11, 2020. We are extremely grateful for his contributions. Rockstar Games has built some of the most critically acclaimed and commercially successful game worlds, a global community of passionate fans, and an incredibly talented team, which remains focused on current and future projects. Uh, Rockstar is a massive game developer with studios full of talent to draw from and covering for Dan Hauser's absence. However, it's still surprising to see his departure emerge this way. If Dan Hauser's extended break began in spring 2019, that would put it just a few months after the release date for Red Dead Redemption 2. Rumors point to Rockstar busily working on GTA 6, and it remains to be seen how much of an effect he'll have had on the end product whenever it finally arrives. I mean, I'm not going to see GTA 6 for another, what, five, six, six more years? Uh, ten? <laughs> I don't think it'll be that long. <laughs> um, let's see. Someone else is leaving their um company. Let me just find it. Okay. Like, so two people are leaving Rockstar? No, someone is leaving um the Gears of War studio. Yeah, so oh. Gears of War studio had leaves to make Diablo. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard of this. Yeah. yeah, so according to Polygon.com, Rod Ferguson, a veteran of both Microsoft and Epic Games, also had a hand in Bioshock. Oh, cool. Veteran game developer Rod Ferguson is leaving the Coalition, where he helped lead the team behind Gears 5. His next role will be with Blizzard, where he will oversee the Diablo franchise. Ferguson announced the move to the... Not today. Yesterday, via Twitter. And I quote, Leaving is bittersweet as I love our Gears family, the fans, and everyone at the Coalition and Xbox, Ferguson said. Thank you. It has been an honor and a privilege to work with you all. Oh, that's a nice picture. That's a picture of everyone. Aw. He <laughs> went from gun family to fucking fantasy family. He's gonna, <laughs> gonna slay him. Uh, Ferguson's career in the games industry started with Microsoft in the 1990s. In the early 2000s, he joined Epic Games, where he participated in the development of the Gears of War franchise. In 2015... He joined the Coalition, the studio that Microsoft put in charge of Gears of War after buying the franchise from Epic Games. The Coalition's name is a nod to the Coalition of Governments, COG, from the <laughs> Gears of War lore. Right, right. Yeah. Gears 5 launched at the end of 2019 to critical and commercial success. Our review called it an unexpected open-world journey that excels just as well when it's quiet and introspective as it does when it's as loud as a <laughs> coal train. <laughs> Why they got to do me like that? <laughs> Ferguson joins Blizzard at a turbulent time for the developer and publisher. Entering 2020, Blizzard has been rocked by a series of public relations disasters related to the company's response over protests by professional hearth- Hearthstone players and the state of its latest title, Warcraft 3 Reforged. Oh my god, that's so fucked. <laughs> Warcraft um, 3 situation is so fucked. Hold that thought. But the company did announce Diablo 4 at BlizzCon last November. The Diablo dungeon, 4, though. The dungeon crawler is far and away Blizzard's most mature franchise and also one of its most commercially viable series. Diablo 3 had a rocky life after its 2012 launch and has widely panned, it was widely panned by critics and derided by fans. Ferguson, who has delivered satisfying AAA games at scale for Epic and Microsoft, seems like a strong addition to help finish Diablo 4. The game does not currently have a release date. Hmm. So, you mentioned... (laughs) You mentioned... (laughs) Warcraft 3 having some some bullshit going on over there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely some bullshit. So... PC Gamer gave it um, a not-so-great review. Yeah, as to what people have told me as well. So, um, according to PC Gamer, Blizzard hasn't done a great job of communicating what Warcraft 3 Reforged actually is. Initially, it sat somewhere between remaster and full-on remake. Not only was Blizzard going to add heaps of new art and modern graphics wizardry, it was going to go over the campaigns again, improving them, tinkering with the pace, and even bringing the lore and story in line with World of Warcraft. There were going to be new cutscenes, a new UI, and more. With the exceptions of the graphics improvements, Blizzard has walked most of these changes back. For the purists, this might be good news. It's still the Warcraft 3 you remember, but it looks a bit nicer. Impressively, Two decades hasn't dulled it at all. 
It helps that real-time strategy hasn't made many leaps since 2002. While it features most of the traditional elements of the genre, like base building, resource gathering, and maps shrouded in a fog of war, it's really driven by its heroes. These supercharged units are fancy specialists with powerful abilities that can be upgraded as they level up and then be augmented with items purchased in shops or dropped by enemies. They're RPG characters, essentially, around which you build a small army. Since you can only select 12 units at a time, it's all about micromanaging small groups. Not needing to worry about 100 faceless warriors, you've got more time to pop off healing spells, set up ambushes, and build a specialized squad. Uh, according to this review, um, basically it's, you know, it's the same, it's the same game, but, um, it's saying the most notable difference between the original Reforge is, of course, the art and graphics. Uh, unit models and buildings in particular have benefited from the upgrade. Units are now considerably more detailed and now have an aesthetic that mirrors the style of later games like World of Warcraft and Heroes of the Storm, though not completely. Reforge still has its own look. Um, yeah, so if you're a person, yeah, it basically looks the same. Um, what complaints did you hear about the game? The fact that if you didn't like the cur- the current game, you can't get back your old game. Because apparently, it upgraded directly from the old um, Warcraft 3. Meaning, you can't go back to the old Warcraft 3 if you already upgraded. Hold up, so if you... Let me see. My if question you is... you own Warcraft 3. Right. The old one. Okay. Then you upgraded. Okay. That overwrites old old craft uh, Warcraft three. Okay, my, you can't get that back. My question is, did they pull the same shit that uh, Windows did with that Windows ten update, where they forced people that had Windows seven to go to Windows ten? No, no, no. Luckily, this time around, it's just a matter of choice. You don't need to get oh. Warcraft three. It's just that if you did, there's no turning back. Oh, okay. Wow, that sucks. This is why we have YouTube. <laughs> so you can see what it looks like or the difference. Yep, it says right here. Unfortunately, if these things are putting you off, you can simply return to Warcraft 3 Classic and forget about them. Um, the original has been added to the new client, so the connection problems, lack of competitive oh, ladders, okay. and other issues are now shared between them. Okay, so do they put? Okay, so I guess they put it back. Okay, <laughs> this might be the first time a remaster has made its predecessor worse. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I'm sorry for all you uh, World of Warcraft players. That's really unfortunate. Warcraft 3. Yeah, Warcraft 3 players. Sorry. All right. Um, Fable Fortune, the card game that you thought I was talking about last week because... Right. And I thought... Because we need more card games. That game um, is shutting down in March. I can't believe that server's been up this whole time. Damn, dude. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, first of all, <laughs> you know when that game came out? No, I do not. I remember when that game came out. I don't even think I... Yeah, it was a long time ago. That's the point I'm trying to make. <laughs> really? 2017, yeah. huh? What did you say? 2017. Is when it came out? Initial release date, April 7, 2017. I'm thinking of a different game then. <laughs> Because Fable, because Lionhead Studios had a different, um, there was another card game that came out like years ago. Like I want to say like 2011. Mm. That was for like the 360. And that's what I thought you were talking about last week. But Probably um, not that. Shh, bro. Well, damn. <laughs> <laughs> well, damn. <laughs> okay. Um. Next, NVIDIA. Okay. It's trying to get into the um, cloud gaming industry. Oh, of course they are. So um, they just launched their cloud gaming service called GeForce Now. Of course. Of course. <laughs> the video is trying to get in on everything. But cloud gaming. Mm. Um, American chip maker NVIDIA is entering the cloud gaming fray by launching its service GeForce Now. Uh, it launched this past Tuesday. Uh, NVIDIA began testing the service in January 2018 before Google and Microsoft announced they were testing their own cloud gaming products. But NVIDIA took its time before an official launch. Cloud gaming lets people around the world play high-end video games on a tablet or phone without the need to lug around a console or PC. Companies are hoping cloud gaming will make video games more accessible and attract new gamers. But are you directly always connected online? If If so... 
All right, but like, if you're trying to take your switch on the subway and then you get mad when you lose connection, that's your fault. I mean, I mean, you're not supposed to be playing. You shouldn't be playing online, in like you know, on a traveling thing. But right. I'm saying like, if the cloud gaming thing that they're they're trying to do is you doubt you stream essentially stream the game to your t- to your uh you know uh device of choice. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that means it comes down to your internet speed. True. Which is one of the biggest issues about cloud gaming services in general. <laughs> so we're still in the same issue. <laughs> of course, I don't know enough about this. Yeah. For all I know, they probably have better, uh, you know, technology behind behind the scenes. So maybe it would be fine. But, but isn't that still the consumer's fault? Because you would have had that same problem even if cloud gaming wasn't even a thing. Because people were because people were playing online before that was a thing anyway. Yes, but the issue is. Is that the entire game is being streamed over? Oh. Meaning, if it's a single player game, Got you it. can still get lag. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I wasn't even thinking about it like that. Or, or the worst one, input lag, which is devastating on certain type of games. Mm. That reminds me of um, I used to. Well, you know the game Dungeon Fighter Online. Yes, of course. So, well, I got my face smashed. <laughs> so I remember playing um entering a dungeon and this kid asked this girl not to summon because the summons were slowing his internet speed. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, but I'm a summoner. <laughs> Stop, just... let me solo this dungeon. I can't, my computer can't handle. If you do it, I will disconnect. <laughs> I'm just like, I've been trying all day to beat this dungeon and all I get are summons. Oh man, that would be so bad. I'm just like, okay, first of all, if your internet is so bad that you can only play with like certain characters, you don't need to play this game, sir. <laughs> you just don't. Okay. But people want to play. I get it. But as soon as he saw Summoner coming to party, he should have left the party. That's why, That's the only point I was trying to make. <laughs> so uh, NVIDIA's cloud gaming service is finally available for all users to try out. The subscription service has a free tier that allows a player to game for one hour at a time, while a $4.99 monthly subscription with a promo- promotional 90-day free trial will let you game for six hours at a time. Sick. Okay. <laughs> Those are nothing. Six hours is nothing. <laughs> I mean, you're right, but sure. <laughs> Those prices are far lower than the other cloud gaming competition, while Google is planning to launch a free tier for Google Stadia. Its, subscri- <laughs> its subscription service costs $9.99 per month, with supporting hardware costing extra. Sony's PlayStation Now also costs $9.99 a mo- monthly. Yeah, yeah. I've tried PlayStation Now. It was, I mean, my antenna is, gar- is a little garbage, but oh, okay. like... Sometimes it worked well. Ah, okay. And I think PlayStation now implemented a feature that allowed you to download it, mm-hmm. essentially. Uh, essentially, download and rent the game, basically, and play it offline. I think they added that. I don't remember if mm-hmm. that's true or not. If they did, well, it's not exactly cloud streaming anymore at that point. So, still, NVIDIA's cloud service doesn't actually come with any games. Huh? Oh, great. <laughs> it allows you to launch... Any free-to-play games like Fortnite, League of Legends, and Destiny 2. But for other paid games, you'll have to use existing PC game stores like the Steam Store and Epic Game Store to expand your library. Okay. Cool. More steps. <laughs> NVIDIA believes there's room in the cloud gaming market for GeForce Now to coexist with offerings from major tech giants like Microsoft's Project X Cloud and Google Stadia. Well, if once the infrastructure and everything is there, I guess, yeah, that will eventually populate yeah (laughs) we view cloud gaming as a journey we've been at it for about five years it's not an easy technology to get to scale and working with publishers is not easy to scale either yeah and we view this (laughs) and we view this as a 10-year project honestly so we're not too concerned about the timing said phil eisler vice president and general manager of geforce now about launching months after google stadium we think we're the best choice for pc games Okay, so basically, they're they, just like everybody else. I expect the, I expect cloud gaming to be a thing in mm-hmm. ten years. Yeah. Okay. So um, I don't I don't need to care about cloud gaming now. <laughs> GeForce Now supports cloud gaming on Mac, PC, TV, mobile, and Chromebook. 
Several tests by CNN, CNN Business showed that the service works well and eliminates the need to download a game from scratch. But like other cloud gaming services, its effectiveness relies on how strong your Wi-Fi is, just like you said. Yep. Um, perhaps what's most unique about GeForce Now compared to the other cloud gaming offerings is that it makes it easier to game on Mac OS, which is usually an unpopular platform for gaming, partly because of the limited support for external graphics cards, which is what powers immersive gaming. Yeah, yeah. So you're just basically having an excuse to play on a Mac? Why? Why do that to yourself? I mean, some people don't like Windows. No, I, I get that, but like, you're streaming it to your Mac, which is like a no, is like two steps removed. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You're right. You're absolutely right about that. Okay, so hopefully um, GeForce Now becomes a, a thing, along with the other cloud gaming services. Honestly, if it's similar to... Well, no, it's not similar to... I was thinking of um, how Xbox Game Pass works, right? but okay. it's not the same because you're actually downloading the game. Yeah. So it's not the same thing. But, I mean, I hope it works out. You know, maybe people in the future will get better. Oh, that's ideally what it's supposed to be, right? Mm-hmm. Stadia, I believe Google said that about Stadia, that's supposed to be a long-term plan. But right now, it's complete, utter trash. Like, not every, not everybody can do it. You need to have, like, premium internet and near the fuck, near a fucking, like, a, a fucking internet tower or whatever they're called, like, straight up. Because, yeah, yeah imagine, imagine you, you're, imagine you're in the Midwest, you're fucked. Yeah, you need, like, a mesh router. Like, shit. <laughs> you're done. That's not an option. You know, there's a blockbuster still in Alaska. Because, Sick. Because they're um because of where they are, the um they can't get like uh they can't get like fiber optics or like oh, any type of like tower damn. like internet like Wi Fi. Damn. So they have to, like it's like they have to have blockbuster in order to like rent movies. Like they cannot. It's so bad. Like, exactly. It's so bad up there that they can't. They ain't gonna get no stadium. <laughs> They ain't gonna go and get no freaking GeForce Cloud gaming service. <laughs> um. Also, Kingdom Hearts. Oh. Is well, I should say Square Enix is releasing an all-in-one package. Oh, I've seen this. Yeah, I think, I think this is like what's the price? I think they said it was like fifty. It will be. I'll let you know right now. No, that's the DLC. It's not saying. Oh my god. Because if it was fifty, if I heard correctly, it was fifty. They're like, that's a brolic steal. It's not even saying. Wait a minute. Maybe I'm reading this too fast. It's not saying the price in this article. Damn. It's basically explaining what comes with it. So the new game is essentially a bundle of Kingdom Hearts three, along with the previously released Kingdom Hearts: The Story so far. And that means it will, the new release will include Kingdom Hearts HD 1.5 plus 2.5 remakes, which are comprised of several other Kingdom Hearts which games. Comprised <laughs> of two games each and a and cutscene theater thing of each. Which is Kingdom Hearts Final Mix, Kingdom Hearts Rechain of Memories, Rechain of Memories, Kingdom and Hearts 358 to Days oh, yeah, with yeah. HD remastered to the max. Like what you said. Po- <laughs> 2.5 was two recut, uh, two Final Mix. Kin- yep, Kingdom Hearts Final, Final Mix. mix yep. And then that was uh, recoded. Yep, I think. with the HD remaster cinematics. You got it. <laughs> you have to say it. Uh, and then does it come with the point eight as well? Or? Yes, it does. Okay, <laughs> so we get we get point two of fragmentary passage. We get uh-huh. yep. uh huh. Kingdom Hearts Chi something. Uh, that was the cutscenes for that. Okay. And, and it then, might be this last thing. That and then says. Kingdom Hearts three D. Talking about the dream drop. Dream drop says the three. Okay, yeah. So yeah, you're completely right again. <laughs> so I think what you were talking about with the chi thing is it the Kingdom Hearts X back cover? Back cover. Yep. Yep. Okay, the movie. Yeah. So <laughs> everything you just said is coming in an all-in-one package. Okay. So it basically is including everything except for the DLC that just came out. Remind. Yes. Cool. So that DLC costs thirty bucks though. Yep. So the all-in-one package will be released on March 17th exclusively for PlayStation 4 at select North American retail stores. It's available for pre-order now. Okay, well, uh, yeah, I would know because I went through all of them. <laughs> I sat down and watched all that story and nonsense. Do you want to hear about hearts and darkness? You know who took the most L's in that game? Who? Guess. Oh, Donald. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> 
He didn't take L's. He gave L's. <laughs> Riku. No. Mm. I don't know. He's like a. He's like a. He's like a runner up in the L department of that game. Oh. He's okay. a runner up. <laughs> Fair enough. He's the runner up. Who? Because he's fine now, so he's the runner up. Oh. <laughs> That's why he's the runner up. Darkness. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Darkness ever took an L. You know how much shit that Darkness did to everyone? <laughs> no, I say um, Terra took like the most. Oh, no, for sure. <laughs> for sure. The- Terra took wild L's in that game, the whole series. This man's life was Darkness. I'm saying, like, he didn't even. I don't even. I gotta play it again to see, like, how he. If he even got out at all. I don't remember. Uh, ish. Yeah. Okay, he, see, that's he, an L. That's, he didn't even come out all the way. <laughs> he did. He did. Just took a bit. Still. <laughs> took like 80% of the game. <laughs> oh my God. Took the most L's. All right. Um, And the final thing. Uh, well, final thing regarding the news. Um, so, Final Fantasy VII Remakes timed exclusivity now ends in April 2021. Yay. So, you people that's outside of PlayStation, you'll get it eventually. <laughs> According to PCGamer.com, though it hasn't been officially confirmed yet, the time exclusivity suggests PC players will have to wait a little longer. Um, Final Fantasy VII Remake's time exclusivity to the PlayStation has a new deadline of April of 2021, according to updated box art published on the Square Enix website. That makes a certain amount of sense, though, considering Square Enix recently announced it needed more time to work on the game and wouldn't be hitting its original March 3rd, 2020 release date. The new date is now April 10th, 2020, exactly one year before the timed exclusivity now ends. Twinfinite was the first to spot the subtle change, but it makes sense that the deadline would be pushed back so Final Fantasy VII was still a PlayStation exclusive for a full year before launching on other platforms. It's also important to remember that no official PC version has been announced. And just because Final Fantasy VII Remake will stop being exclusive on April 10th, 2021, doesn't mean Square Enix will have plans to release it that same day. After all, Final Fantasy XV took almost a year and a half after its console debut to come to PC. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, this only matters if you're the type of person who has the iron will <laughs> to wait for console exclusives to eventually show up on PC. If you're a Square Enix fan, you're no stranger <laughs> to this. I am not one of those people that have already committed to buying it on PS4, especially after seeing the latest trailer. <laughs> I haven't been paying too much attention to the game's development, but earlier this week, Square Enix released a lengthy gameplay trailer showing much of Final Fantasy VII Remake's and story, music. including Cloud's infamous cross-dressing scene, and oh. it looks superb. Oh. So far, I love all the ways that Square... I better be able to change that dress just, <laughs> just because. Um, so far, I love all the ways that Square has modernized the classic, and as someone who enjoyed Final Fantasy XV's combat, I like the more action RPG approach. You can watch the trailer online. Boy. So, that is it for, um, general news and game releases. Now, briefly, we are on the, uh, throwback portion of our podcast. Woo! So... (laughs) So, um, February 5th, which was uh, yesterday, yesterday was the seventh year anniversary for Sly Cooper Thieves in Time for the PS3 and PS Vita. It was released February 5th, oh, excuse me, February 5th, 2013. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, um, that's about all the news that I got. Uh, Mm. Yeah, throwbacks. Um, What else? What else? So, there is a character in the game that I absolutely love. He's my new favorite character now. So, that couple I was telling you about last week where they were having the racial issues, um, someone decided to get in their business. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, someone at the bar basically told the um, orc woman that she was being selfish and that she needed to talk to her elf husband, or not husband, I guess, fiance. Um, I don't remember. That they need to make up. So... I thought it was funny because, see, the thing is, his friend, that's the werewolf, his name is Gala. I thought he was going to be my favorite character because he was such a nice, sweet guy. Uh-huh. But Hyde, <laughs> the vampire, the was show. just like, listen, you 
kind of suck. You need to finish this. You need to apologize. Whatever. And, whatever. Isn't it amazing that the, the likable one that you really like <laughs> is the vampire? <laughs> wow, as if it's like a trend or something. Yeah, so I thought that game, as this game just keeps getting better and better. There's maybe like three more wacky characters I've met so far. And apparently there's an achievement um, that you get where you meet all the characters. But I didn't get it yet, so I haven't met all the characters. Right. Which is great, because I love this fucking game and I don't want it to end. Good. And yeah. um, I'm loving all the characters that have come in, the, come in the cafe so far. So this is a great game. <clears throat> Remember, right, guys, get, get Coffee Talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's available on PS4, Nintendo Switch, Xbox One, and PC. Um, get your copy today, digitally. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? I think that's is that about it. That's um, it for you? Um... Hmm. Oh, I'm going to be starting to play the next game in the Wolfenstein series, Wolfenstein Youngblood. Oh. Um, I remote installed it from the Xbox Game Pass app. So when I get home, <laughs> it should be Busted on my that Xbox. Out. <laughs> so um, I might be live tweeting that. Maybe. I'm not sure. But um, I'm going to give it a try And since I'm a fan of the series. And I can't wait to play it. Nine. <laughs> so um, that's it for me. Um, what about you? Anything you play lately or anything? I'm still playing Yakuza Kiwami 2. Uh, I was trying, I'm tr- attempting to platinum the game, uh, because, oh, okay. like, I'm, I'm a lazy fuck, and so just collecting trophies is, like, when I'm bored. And so, I learned Mahjong. Oh, okay. <laughs> I learned right. Japanese Mahjong. Oh. And let me tell you something about Japanese Mahjong. Fuck Yaku. <laughs> what the fuck is a Yaku? It's a fucking, uh, term. For a special win condition. And I fucking hate it because there's too many Yakus. <laughs> I don't get it. Shit. So many times I thought I won. But I didn't win because I didn't fulfill a Yaku. Is that the, is that the Yakuza with um, karaoke? All the mass karaoke. Oh, really? Oh. Yes. Oh, my God. My That's favorite awesome. activity in every single game. <laughs> I have always start a Yakuza game and go, All right. In this game, set place in 2006, the karaoke plate bar is here. Mm-hmm. And the next game, it's over here. And the next game, still there. Cool. <laughs> Better. Let's go. Always. <laughs> and whenever you date the hostesses, bring them karaoke. You get special songs with them. Always. Snaps the best. <laughs> Snaps for you. But other than that, I finally completed all the Mahjong bullshit. Okay. I completed all the side stuff. And I just got the main story quests on the hardest difficulty, and I'm done. Awesome. So I'm good. I'm good on that. Okay. Well, um, I think that's it. Yep. Um, yeah, so we'll see you guys next week. Adios. Good night. <laughs>